Okay, but literally, I do walk around town thinking, like, who's the cannibal? <laughs> Hi! Hey! Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Todd from Comic Burrito and from For Everyone Media. And I'm Erin, your master of mediocrity from Girls Talk Comics and For Everyone Media. Welcome to Girls Talk Comics. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited. No, I'm really, yeah. I'm really glad the FemFam is coming together and we're doing this all like together. We guess uh, we're one happy Fem family. Fem fam. Fem family. And I guess now we can call of our listeners the Fem Fams. Yeah. We'll Hell yeah. we'll have to figure is that, maybe that's what it is the fem fam, mm. what up fem fam? What up? Or you're all just the fems? I don't care the, if you're mask or not. I that mean, sounds rad. Okay. The fems. fems. It makes me think of the violent fems. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we want to be the violent fems, like one because it's copyrighted probs, but like... oh no, for sure, hundred <laughs> percent. That's why I named our chat the non-violent femmes so it gets go. around all of the copyright problems there we go so we're the non-violent femmes because i feel like violence is a form of gatekeeping or like gatekeeping sure. is a form of violence and like i would go with that yeah yeah let's not do that no we're non-violent we're just gonna also advocate for non-violence on top of that yeah and i'm gonna advocate that if you can't not be nonviolent. Wait, if you can't be nonviolent, yeah. Hold on. Remember, you can't no. be not nonviolent. Yeah. Nonviolent. <laughs> I advocate for disengagement. Ooh, <laughs> like, yes. There you go. There's a lot of we're advocating a lot at the top. Yeah, you know. I like it. And it's going to be one hell of a segue because it doesn't really have much to do with the comic we're talking about today. Well, kind of. I would say violence is a huge theme within yeah. what we're about to talk about. I rescind. <laughs> My awkward segue. Yeah, no. Um, let me do a little spiel about what we're talking about. And remember, this is a podcast with spoilers. Just likes to sometimes pretend it doesn't, but let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> Today, Todd, you and I are going to be talking about Bliss from Image Comics, uh, created by Sean Lewis and Caitlin Yarsky, and I believe Ari Pluchinski. I mean, Ari Pluchinski was involved, but the sheet that I'm looking on doesn't specify in what way, so I'm assuming letterer. Colors. Oh, colors. Okay. Great. Did Caitlin do letters? Caitlin did the uh, art, and then Ari did the colors. I'm not sure about the letterer. Mm. The letters just magically appeared. I'm um, looking I'm looking at the trade, and I'm not seeing it. <laughs> okay. Then it could have been Sean or Caitlin. Yeah. Yeah. Or even Ari. Either way, great trio sean lewis caitlin yarsky ari pluchinski so bliss it is a drug that is wiping away memories in feral city it's definitely illegal (laughs) it's kind of a street drug uh and this story it takes place years after it's already been kind of running running amok in the community the city that they're in feral city has a long toward history of violence and darkness and um exploitation shall we say and uh there's just this one pivotal trial 
where a son is the only person to stand in defense of his father, who also happens to be a serial killer. (laughs) 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 Which I laugh because it's... I don't know. It's a weird scene to have this one small man uh, stand in front of a crowd of victims because his father was very prolific uh, and tried to defend the character of his father. He, you know, portrays him as somebody who was a victim of a greater civilization, right? Like, they were poor, son was sick, um, he had the opportunity to pretty much work for the drug pushers, drug dealers, and take out their enemies. Uh, it just so happened to be that their enemies were people who ran for, like, local school board offices. <laughs> like, like <laughs> Man, you know, you make this, you make this book sound ridiculous. <laughs> Because it is. It is is very fantastical. (laughs) Yeah. Like, before we get into our thoughts about it, I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about what it looks like that really kind of makes it more fantastical? This book got me from page one. I fell in love with this book, really page one into page two, because you, you know you're not in our world, even though there is nothing supernatural happening right off the bat. And it's, it is a really interesting world to occupy. And I, I, I don't know if he's a serial killer in my opinion, which I thought was really interesting. When you said that, I was actually taken aback for a second because I didn't, that didn't, that's not how I processed what he was. Hmm. Um, But you're, you're correct. Um. I'm not sure how to wrap my head around how I don't need to look at the words and still get so much feeling from the book. Mm-hmm. It, it's amazing. Sorry. I think I already went into the book and that's not what you asked for. And I'm really sorry. <laughs> I love this book and it's really hard to not get wrapped up in it. <laughs> that's totally fair. Caitlin Yarsky's art is just uh, sublime um in the trade she provides reference photos mm-hmm. for her characters and it's uncanny valley photorealism you know like it's not that pretty photorealism but this very kind of i want to say american gothic kind of photorealism yeah. look to it it's wonderfully wonderfully done and the people who were her models um I mean, they, she like had them practice it and was like, let me copy and paste and then put a filter or something. I mean, she obviously drew it, but it was just amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's amazing what she captured from them because it is, it is very one-to-one. Um, she didn't alter a lot. Mm-hmm. It's not, there's definitely some exaggerated facial features and things like that yeah yeah it's a bit it's like a subtle caricature yeah 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 yeah. that yep because things are just accentuated you can still tell it's that person but there's just more there right so you you were in from in on the book from like page one one. issue one i was in when um they put out the cover that had like aoc on it 
Caitlin oh, put yeah, yeah. AOC in because I missed this when it first came out. But then I kept seeing the different colors. Uh, I read a little bit more about it. And then I saw that AOC issue and I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to check this out. Mm-hmm. Now, the AOC one did have to grow on me because at that time, like everything had AOC on it. And I was like, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I know what everybody's saying. Awesome. Um, but it was still gorgeously done. And I decided at that point, like I kind of had to wait for trades or like the one trade because it collects all eight issues in the one trade paperback. Um, because at that point I couldn't find any of the earlier issues and well, when that happens, it's it's the way to read it there. I'm sad that I didn't come late to it Mm. because I wish I would have experienced it all at once instead of, eight months there was a big hiatus in it too which really sucked that (laughs) That was a rough time so the way that it's written which is why i also think bliss is a better and trades is better i agree with you on that is that it has the present where son is arguing for the content of his dad's character and then we have a series of flashbacks where uh both the son and the father are kind of like reliving their shitty experiences. Uh, And holy crap, the tragedies abound. There's a bunch of general sweetness, but then you just see like the deterioration of the parent's relationship, the deterioration of the dad as a hitman, his guilt, the little things he tried to do to avoid it, how constantly he had to get high to avoid those memories. Um, and you start seeing more of what bliss is and that's where it gets full fantasy in this um in my opinion because everything up to it where it's like yeah there's a drug that makes you forget i'm like science could do that Uh (laughs) yeah no something could happen with your short term and like other than like the people who hire him being creatures of some kind that you're not like it's it's non-human um that he's dealing with it it's definitely yeah the drug and its effect that you get like oh this is different this there's there's more going on here yeah i totally thought it was gonna be like a low star wars kind of thing right like it's a mostly human planet with these aliens that are coming in like fucking it up you know? like, <laughs> yeah um but then it takes a twist and they're all gods yeah they're all demigods or gods or lesser gods um, some variation of that. The people he's dealing with, I believe they call themselves demigods. Which blows my mind, because I think one was named Hera, right? Yes, the, that's the yeah. main one that we actually are, we, in the present, we mm-hmm. deal with a lot. <laughs> it And it's interesting, um, because usually when Hera is dropped in some story, it's given the full Greek graciousness and to see this like massive shellless turtle. Yep. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Being like, I'm Hera. And you're like, no, you're not. Like that's not true. (laughs) My first reaction was like, no, (laughs) no, you're not Hera. You're a tortoise. Like, and then one of your other friends is a fucking roly poly. Like what is going on? Yeah. One's a beetle, one's a tortoise, and one's like 
Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, yeah, it was so weird. Like a shellless, it was a slug. It was a slug. Yes, a slug. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was like really cool from Caitlin to do that. Anyway, of like, hey, we're gonna take these names that have really, really established more <laughs> and just disregard all of it. Just took it and went fuck it. It's just, just like. <laughs> I, I love the idea that maybe at one point this shellless tor- tortoise may have been more than what we saw. And this is like a fall from grace kind of mm. thing. I like the head cannon that okay. comes along with it. Like, okay, how in ancient Greece, in, in like, wh- how does this thing yeah. <laughs> be like glorified to Hera's extent? <laughs> To go from the wife of Zeus, the goddess of marriage, yes. um, beauty incarnate, and, well, completely and utterly neglected and mistreated by her spouse, besides the point, um, to a tortoise who, her and her compa- two companions fucking stole, like, not only stole from the goddess of memory, who you're going to have to... Leth? Yes, Leth. Uh, not only stole her magic amnesia water from her river, but yeah. like then poisoned her with it. Yeah, she they they used Leth's own ability to wipe her own memory so that she could they could manipulate her to become drug lords, which is crazy. <laughs> and then they're like, "What's up? We're That's gonna weird. hire this one man to be our hitman." <laughs> and then yep. you know you have this redemption factor. Where the son and the father have to go um, fight this Grecian holy battle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Calm Leth down and redeem that. And then it's this massacre, or not this massacre, but this mob hunting for him because he escaped, the dad escaped from prison. And they're like, you killed our loved ones. Yeah, there's a good, man, we hear because there's testimony mm-hmm. at one point we hear from just eight people or so and that's the idea is it's only showing us snippets of what people are saying so yeah. it's there's dozens of people there wanting to yeah. lynch him essentially because they've they've bypassed the trial at one point and then at, towards the end of the book they finally caught up with him and it's this sad man that they're wanting to just execute because they want to feel better yep. It's it's a wild ride. But then he has <laughs> allies come out of the woodwork because in his, oh, the yeah. uh, backstory, there's this redemption arc and like legit redemption arc. It's not one of those like, oh, you sacrificed yourself or you did something nice for one person that you, you traumatized. Yeah. No, he like has no relationship with the son at this point. And he goes to rehab, bliss rehab, <laughs> which sounds I mean, yeah. ignorance is bliss, so blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. Spoiler on, you know, that underlying theme. Uh, <laughs> the theme. Yeah. Spoiler on the Spoiler. entire theme. <laughs> but uh, he's at this rehab facility consoling other users and abusers. Because at this point, he's gotten fully out of the hitman business. He's not involved with it anymore he has escaped so we think and the you know these people come out and they're like he helped me regain a relationship with my family or he helped me get clean like my life is 
forward moving like he had been such um a positive force and so you see this like i don't know it, it's such a real redemption arc and it it is it, it and he is even questioned by leth about how he was able to do that for himself mm-hmm. and others she doesn't even understand how a person could like get people away from her grasp yeah. of of being addicted to forgetting and not having to be there in the present and i love that moment when she is just she thinks so lowly of humanity but can't comprehend redemption yeah and actually turning around and being there for other people. She only sees the worst parts of humanity and can't even be like, like how, if you were bad, how are you now good? And I love that. I think it's, it's an interesting take on God's not being able to understand what seems to be simple. Mm-hmm. It's hard, but the idea is simple. He just stopped being terrible and started caring about people yeah. and helping. Did he talk at all about, internal reconciliation or like how he just stopped avoiding it i mean did he what was his conversation about i think it? there's there's that no, there's that just that disconnect of I, we don't really know i don't i reread it again today just to be refreshed it's my like fourth time reading the book since it came out i love this thing and i all i've gotten from it's an it's implied that once he got his shit straight he dropped everything and focused on just helping other people get Mm -hmm. there too which is wildly admirable incredibly there's just so much about that right like okay so now it's real talk time we've talked about the story (laughs) (laughs) we've talked about what happens and all the weird plot bits and like i'm just gonna jump into my thoughts about it and oh he killed his wife on accident while trying to defend his son that was that's a that's a big plot thing that's fucking that's fucking intense. <laughs> that's a rough part of the book. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I was going to I was going to mention, yeah. <laughs> his entire story again, he and his wife just fell apart, but there was still a lot of love there and a lot of respect. Um and there's actually a really pivotal moment where you know the mom is dead and you're like this is going to mm-hmm. be the death scene, but they are able to turn it around. Yeah. Like, Hell yeah. This is Okay. And that's great. It was a great moment. Phenomenal moment. <laughs> Definitely a moment that was so just real when it came to the severity of like drug addiction and those conversations mm-hmm. and the kindness and just ways that people could be talked down. Like I I just that entire scene I was like, yeah, I've done this. <laughs> I didn't I didn't have people <laughs> pointing a weapon at me while doing it but i've had people who could really hurt me in the moment i've talked them down using some of the same open body language calm compassionate conversation the indirect confrontation (laughs) instead of being like get the gun out of my face of just being like hey i know you're angry (laughs) like talking around it in in speaking to their humanity and i i loved that scene so much so it was absolutely crushing of course when the son is just mad he's a teenager and angry and he makes a huge mistake he messes with the wrong crowd he messes with his dad's employers and dad comes out to rescue him mom is driving them and mom 
stands in the crossfire unintentionally. She's trying to work around and get to her son and save him. But little did she know and little did dad probably know that the person he was trying to shoot could easily be fired through and live. I don't know what was going on with that guy, but like, uh, yeah, blows a hole through him and unfortunately also catches his wife. Um, and she bleeds out and dies. And so to see him and his son at that point, unspokenly decide to split ways there, that is the end of their relationship. This like unspoken shared guilt of being responsible for that. And that's when he decides to go to the rehab clinic. And, you know, in retrospect, there's just like, I don't know, this hopelessness almost that could be fueling him. This like, I'm never going to get my wife back. My son and I are estranged. Fuck it. No one else is dealing with this. (laughs) Like, I'm going to go and I'm just going to try to get people back into their families' lives and away from bliss and i like it's just it's just so sad like it's just like such a defeated in my perspective at least it's just kind of like this defeated resiliency (laughs) like my life is never going to be the same i'm never going to get back what i had but uh i'm gonna do something about it i guess he doesn't ask for any redemption at any point like the dad doesn't he just does the work and it's like holy shit like i don't know he carries these massive burdens and he's just he never goes to anybody and it's like forgive me and he he tries for a hot minute that's the way he was going to go and then rachel his sponsor mentor drug rehabilitator counselor stops him and pulls it and goes this isn't for her you giving her money because you killed mm-hmm. her mom it isn't that's yep. for you it's not it's not and i i think he just was open at the time to hear that lesson and then ran with it it's like yeah that's not for me and i'm going now to go fix me so i can fix others it's that's to the point where i think the book gets a little that's the supernatural part <laughs> is <laughs> That that is pretty unrealistic. Though there are people like that for sure, and this that Breton exists in the real world, but that is Herculean doing that kind of one eighty. Um, but I do love reading it; it's amazing. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. My one of the best lessons I've learned, and you know, it's it's not quite the same. I think it's the reciprocal of that. Is when people do harmful things, aggressive things to me. God, the best thing for my mental health was acknowledging that I had nothing to do with me. And, you know, and for a multitude of reasons, some of which are, I didn't, I I could put that stuff in a box and be like, okay, you were mad because the world sucks. And I just happened to be the person to tell you that a book cost a little bit too much out of your budget, you know, (laughs) or um, in my nine to five in my social work having to tell people we can't do those things the the battle that i have to deal with is do i tell them the truth of that our agency is understaffed and underfunded and um we can't provide you the immediate services because we can't provide 
you 40 other, you know, like, and and they take their frustration out on me. And I'm like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. (laughs) Just kind of, I let, I let them, I accept it. I let them listen. I don't tell them there's nothing I can do about it. But in my head, I'm like, this is not my battle. And it also kind of becomes to the message of what they're talking about in regards to like, you're doing this for you. When I react to my clients and their needs. Uh, most of the time with my position, me reacting to them is them coming up and saying, I am in a crisis. What do I do? Uh, and usually there are some of, some of these crises and certainly the ones that impact us the most are the ones that had it been brought up the day before could have been prevented in some regard, but whatever the situation is, when the client reacts, they want you to react and do something. And so you get upset or you, you know, get conciliatory and you just kind of like fawn over them to get them to forgive you or whatever. And finally, one of my bosses was like, you know, you're doing that for you. <laughs> like, Are you helping <laughs> yeah. them by fanning this fire? You know, there's obviously some crises that do need to be resolved, discussed, me as a provider need to provide information that's fine that's not what she's talking about it's the there's a crisis let me go drop a nuke on whoever they are upset with you know (laughs) like it's very like i'm doing that for myself and i'm not doing that and that's not a healthy thing to do it's a very long-winded way of saying i get (laughs) it like i read that and i was like yeah you can't reconcile murdering somebody's family like there's no getting even on that (laughs) no because they they'll never be able to forgive you there is nothing you can you can't give them their family member back so all you're looking for is for you to feel forgiven so you can put it behind you and somehow decide that you can be past it when it's not about getting past it it's about accepting that the past is always there no matter what you do to try to forget it mm-hmm. it's there it's just how you deal with the trauma it's how you focus your attention afterwards that's that's what yeah. matters and all you can do is try to be one not that person anymore which is really the most helpful thing you can do right. <laughs> stop being a mass murderer <laughs> it's key it's key when you're a mass murderer the Check. best thing you can do is stop yeah. mass murdering then after that how do you help other people not slip into that? How do you, how do you, how do you fix yourself and then help others get there too? And that's why I love that it's basically one-to-one at the end with testimonies, with people he helped and people he hurt. And in the end, he doesn't have his memories and he is a clean slate because his personal life, him personally, his slate is cleaned. He helped as much as he hurt. And that, ideally i think is the best some people can really look to do that's i don't i just don't want to make things worse i'll try to do things better i know i'm gonna fuck up Mm -hmm. but i ideally i would love to just have a clean slate at the end at least i didn't do anything worse (laughs) i didn't make it worse (laughs) yeah and that's what he did in the end which i love i think that's yeah if if anything i loved like his acknowledgement of the evils he did and so an easy yeah. way to kind of talk about this is when people say apologies aren't what you say, they're the behaviors you change. 
you know and it's mm-hmm. it's like that's the childish version of it because not all of us are weighing <laughs> the moral conundrums of mass murdering versus you know rehab rehabilitation usually not usually not a lot of us there is no. smaller scale <laughs> there is a real life allegory because i don't think they necessarily planned it unless these folks are into true crime is that the uh east area rapist the golden state killer did get arrested like while this was being published and tried that is interesting yeah i thought it was interesting because i sat and i thought about that guy this man had stopped killing and he had apparently like raised children to adulthood healthily they were not killers (laughs) he had check check. (laughs) he had helped people and i'm no way and I, I'm gonna totally rebuke everything I'm about to say. So if people are getting pissed off, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Like, yeah, just give, yeah, just, just give it a minute. minute. <laughs> but he had this like end of age desperation, um, and his victims were like, "We still remember everything. We were still haunted by it." Many of the couples had divorced, and they couldn't make it. Uh, just, I mean, long-standing trauma, and then finally, uh, the final victim was the author who's researching him, and it eventually led to his arrest so and that was through an unfortunate mixture of alcohol and antidepressants i believe it's covered in the documentary i'll be gone in the dark by uh michelle mcnamara who is Patton as Patton oswalt's wife she died while writing the book there's a lot of like weird perpendicular parallel tangents <laughs> like between this story and bliss and that one because of you know the drug connection the long-standing trauma the multitude of victims and the kind of disappearing and living an average life and so that that got me thinking and i wanted to think of it from a real life perspective because in bliss you do empathize with the dad a lot and it was definitely one of those like his final act of uh sacrifice that he does in the book i'm like man what a hero like what a heroic like responsibility like what strength of character to do it and then i thought about it in the real world and i was like probably not <laughs> like you know i can't nope it's it's yeah still i not can't enough. glorify this like, redemption now he should still be in prison <laughs> i think it's i think it's i think it's it's really awesome that he had the ability to help so many people and like fix as many families as he mm-hmm. broke but that doesn't <laughs> there's your moral slate being clean i still think you need to be in prison and locked totally. up. you're still no, i'm sorry no, yeah you just you did way yeah. too much carnage there is no you can make it up for you personally and that's amazing but mm-hmm. that to his extent and to golden state kill like yeah no nah. also like, sorry the east area rapist like <laughs> They have videos of him very, very obviously feigning dementia um, and feebleness as part of the old age. Like, he's very obviously manipulating everything still. Very obviously, like, a horrible person is like, I don't remember or some, you know, shit like that. So he... I I hate how many Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. do that. Because that's what, like, um, Weinstein Mm -hmm. did, too. He's all of a sudden, like, needing a cane and a wheelchair. Yeah yeah all of a sudden, it's just out of nowhere image, it's like, Fuck yeah you, man. and it's uh and that kind of speaks to how like evil those care those people are whereas 
the nope. dad in Bliss, you know, you thought it was her, um, Herculean for him to tr- do that 180 on the behavior and forgiveness. I thought it was more impressive that he had that blank slate. He had his memory finally washed clean. And he saw how vehemently he had hurt people and decided to dive back into the river to get it, get it back. And as like a final redemption, a final um, pay, you know, of his dues, he embraced the evil and the harm that he did. And he was like, I'm going to jump into the river of memory and pretty much see if he makes it. Like that was what they did of like, jump in, buddy, remember it. And if you make it, you make it. <laughs> you know? and, and he yeah. took that dive I mean, he had forgotten about his wife's death, I believe. He, you know, he he forgot about everything. So even, even the, the good, good stuff. stuff, like he was, yeah. he he was empty. And he of could everything. have been like, "Oh no, I'm empty." But instead of doing that, he still had a goodness of character or a empathy, empathetic character that he dove into the waters to get the good and the bad back. And it kind of came up even, you know? It's very, like, baptismal death cleansing judgment stuff. You know, the weighing of the scales. I I don't know. I really liked that ending because it it felt just so much, I don't know, more existential. (laughs) This just greater meaning, like... Yeah, and it's... I The last... The second to last words on the page are even if he knew it would never wipe away the pain of those he destroyed but instead make him responsible to them forever i love that the idea that it's like this this act is the most i can give even knowing it's not Mm -hmm. enough but at least i've done all i can to show that i know it was wrong i'm taking this on and maybe now you can move on and get maybe farther into like, your life i can take <laughs> some of this pain with me like because i'm taking responsibility Hopefully. and yeah yeah like it, it won't all go away but maybe like, maybe five minutes out of the day you'll get some take peace. some comfort in knowing i know what i've done <laughs> like i've passed yeah. you know yeah. and I, I that kind of again to go back to the real world analogy is that big difference in characters and like how this guy is genuinely a good, maybe I can't say genuinely a good guy, but a better guy than like the real world killers who don't take responsibility. He's more yeah. moral. Adjust, maybe? I don't know. Uh, yeah, a, a better sense of justice and morality. Yeah, it's really. Whilst being okay for a while breaking yeah. those things, at least aware yeah. of it. He did willingly kill innocent bystanders who were just wanting to confront the illegal drug trade in their town <laughs> or people who yep. just witnessed something they shouldn't have witnessed. Um, One of them was a, a, a prophet of Leth. I mean, yeah. <laughs> there was the little, there's a little panel where even just somebody who believed in the God, he murdered. Just this nice old man. Who believed in a god. <laughs> it's definitely rough. And he tried to make it better for himself by doing such things as look away or whatever. And it was like. Which is more just for him. 
yeah, it was very much just for him. And, you know, I like that kind of that conversation about like the, the greater implication is also that doing acts of evil is more for you. <laughs> like, you know, you're, yeah. you're like, okay, sure. He was getting money for his family, but his family is sitting there like you've endangered us. <laughs> yeah. Like we're good now. You could stop. Yeah. This isn't necessary. anymore. Yeah. You've threatened us. You've, um, like it's very just blurring the lines and getting kind of in over your head. And it's such an interesting conversation because you end up like, at least I ended up completely understanding where he was coming from and sympathizing for his plight and situation and as far as he got under, but never understanding like how he got there and never ever finding myself. Like I never could understand the idea of like how I could take somebody else's life. Like I've not been in that point in my life ever. (laughs) yeah i think the closest it being about your kid surviving i think is the closest i could if i had to get into that like hypothetical space that's probably the closest i'd come to considering it but i still don't know how i would do that i i trading multiple lives for one that's in my life that is that's the wrong trolley, man. You, yeah. you fucked up yeah. the trolley problem. <laughs> you fucked up the trolley problem real hard. Like, Holy shit, you threw people on the other tracks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to switch it, to switch over. Could you, <laughs> Holy shit. Did you kill one person or, you know, whatever, like six, but like, how about both? <laughs> like, just how about yeah. kill <laughs> right? everybody? I, I do love because you brought up like the real world, um, <laughs> uh like crossover with the actual like um murdering and just the serial killer part the part that kept constantly eliciting emotions from me was the real world drug problem that we have currently the Mm -hmm. the the meth problem that is underlying i in I am in Michigan um, for all those wondering where I am geographically. (laughs) Um, And it's the second um, most, um, I don't know the best way to put it. We have the second largest meth problem in the U S and you wouldn't know. You just wouldn't. It's so under the surface. No one talks about it. It we just have bodies just being thrown out essentially because they're just being used up by this epidemic that we're having. Mm-hmm. The pandemic certainly doesn't help. No. Um, but we've been having a drug epidemic for a decade, and you wouldn't know. And this this book is talking about that, where bliss is rampant. People are using it in a hospital after. There's a, a cop in the very beginning who's a drinking He's bliss after out of somebody out of an innocent after guy? almost killing somebody. Yeah, an innocent I, dude, I think. Or he, he, like, he flipped him off. Yeah, the, uh, the officer said he flipped him off, so I broke his hand, and then I broke all of his bones, and I just got carried away. That's how he said it so nonchalantly. And, she, yeah. and the the doctor was like, "This man was tortured to the brink to the point of insanity." Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just and he just hits some bliss. And it's just, it's so casual. Yeah. Uh, 
the use in the in the this town city um and it's it felt very real because that's what we have there it's just who is around us at all time i don't think people realize how bad it is mm-hmm. um and this really speaks to that that this problem is right in our face yet no one's talking about it no one's really doing much about it and it's it's fucking rough it's bad mm-hmm. and it he, it definitely makes him a scapegoat to some degree like he did do horrible acts but his death also carries the burden it's like the final like literally him jumping into the river and dealing with leth and correcting the mistakes around memory and demolishing bliss is like some final washing away of sins for the city too because yeah bliss is gone at the end of the book so the river was turned into instead of the waters making you forget the waters make make you you remember yeah so it it um it's got a lot to it (laughs) i definitely understand that like hidden epidemic of just stuff in communities i've always lived in areas along very major um highways are very close to uh north south and east west intersections highways Mm -hmm. um like oklahoma city i lived there and that was a very major human trafficking drug trafficking area because it's where 40 and 35 meet (laughs) so you know major highways meet in the middle they're like hell yeah let's this is obvious yeah yeah and I don't think a lot of people realize that if you live near a major highway, you're in a place where drugs and people are being trafficked. But it's something a lot of people either don't know how to recognize, won't recognize, or dismisses as something else. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, oh, that person's just off their meds or something. And it's like, actually, (laughs) that's coke. (laughs) Yeah. You know, (laughs) the people that he was helping in rehab, you substitute coke, meth. Oh, yeah heroin um yep any kind of pain meds uh just alcohol in general you can substitute recreational drug and it's mm-hmm. it's i can't say a perfect metaphor but it's a pretty fucking good one <laughs> yeah no it's yeah. it definitely hits home uh it, I, and then there's i mean there's all the supernatural shit that obviously oh, yeah. do, like breaks you from that reality um but for being about demigods and gods and a drug that just makes you forget there is so much real in this book and it's so grounded while having fucking birds literally shoot through people (laughs) yeah yeah there's there's a lot of escapism (laughs) yep (laughs) in the plot but at the same time like you know like it does give it such a, a mythical quality though like right because mm-hmm. um, of course myths you can view them as like allegories and moral stories like icarus <laughs> yeah o- odysseus yeah it's, like yeah all of that um it's no, definitely a grecian tragedy <laughs> very much so very much so and i i appreciate it for that because it's like of course you can read 
Judeo-Christian analogies in it, like with the baptism and the final sacrifice and shit. Sure, but it's very you always can. That's too easy. But that's because it's like based on Grecian lore. Okay, I can't say it I like know, that. Because you go back, because <laughs> you just that's then based on something else. It's all of a sudden you're in pagan lore, and it's a whole yeah. So it's just got those very like clear story parallels and origin similarities it's fine i'm not getting into that i'm just saying <laughs> this is totally like you can look at it and go yeah. i see some jesusy things but oh, yeah. also i see just a lot of like demigod stories yeah. <laughs> you know? there's, there's lots of lore myth mythology of all sorts very actually like hercules story <laughs> yeah yeah so it's it's good stuff uh i guess the end of be all though for it um which we kind of talked about the forgiveness thing but like it really had me reflecting on what forgiveness feels like for me like what do i need from someone that's that's interesting that's where you you went and i i've just thought about (laughs) i've just thought about how i have people that i'm just like yeah i get it that person can't do enough to be forgiven. Why? Why are they bothering? They 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 can't. It, that's been gone. Now it's on them to take care of themselves because I am where I'm going to be, and they they can't fix it. And that's okay. It is what it is. Yeah. And I, I I don't know. It's on both sides to find what they need because there's just some things you don't fix. Yeah. Um, I think that's very wise of you, Todd. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I mean, yours is definitely trying to get to that kind of just acceptance level, and me is try- like, I'm just trying to figure out how to define my needs in some regards. Like, I have... Both are key. <laughs> they're true. It's, yeah, I guess. And I guess it does, like, beg the question of what if my forgiveness looked different? You know? Because, like, we could talk about, I think, redemption arcs all night and kind of like what they mean, what they imply, who gets redeemed, why do some people get redeemed who really shouldn't. <laughs> There's still always that question of balancing like the evil act someone did with redemption. Like at what point does it equal it? And I, I've just, I've seen a lot of things in my life and other people's lives where I'm like, at what point? Like I, I completely get the whole sometimes you just have to cut ties wash your hands it can't be fixed it can't be changed you know it's just a pain you have to accept and move on but it it does kind of beg the question what does redemption look like for me at least if i wanted to work with someone to not only accept the pain but to become a person that they feel is redeemed what the fuck does that look like (laughs) for like yeah evil and obviously it's person specific but like what is the emotional work that i would have to do to balance the impact and the knowledge of some very heinous acts somebody did with activities you know like we could talk about it with the comic world and like the people who have done horrible things and are like talking about rehabilitative Mm. justice restorative justice and it's like how does one when held into the you know public opinion trial like like how do you balance the punishment the crime the redemption it's just very like that to me was a my next step for this book like yeah you know like 
that's the conversation I want to have is like, at what point do we accept redemption? I don't know. When it comes to like creators and people who haven't done things like the like Breton and Bliss, <laughs> people who have just been bad people, yeah. but not like need to go jump off a cliff into a river to see if they survive, like yeah. type level of things. Um, but just just bad people, unless they have already started making progress um, before it was a public thing. I think they're just done. There's too many people in a creative space. You know how many people aren't getting a book that deserve it and are amazing and it won't be any worse than what this person can do. We just haven't seen what they do yet. Oh, I, I, in a creative yeah. space, I don't you that's you need to be out of that group now. You don't get to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you go work on yourself. Please go redeem yourself and do something for you and to better people around you. Um, totally. As a community, I don't think we owe them anything if they even show redemption. Joe Schmo loses their job at a drop of a hat. I they're, exactly. Just because they have some fame and notoriety doesn't exempt them from the consequences of their actions. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's more when somebody is held in the court of public opinion, that's that's the combination of words I was looking for like like it just has me reflecting on kind of what are my standards of that because it there are some situations none that are really in the public opinion but there are situations in my life where somebody will have to go through restorative practice sure you know and it's very much like obviously a very specific thing um I have people in my life who've done horrible things to other people, not on a scale of like. Sure. Yes. But a normal, a normal, horrible. (laughs) (laughs) And still kind of holding that like duality in my mind. You know, there's just a, like, it it does kind of talk, even reflecting on myself and the things that I did when I was young, like in understanding, you know, practices and change and growth of humans just kind of holding that duality for minor offenses um and seeing that embracing of responsibility like again of like what does that all look like <laughs> to, yeah it's a lot know. yeah it's just that's what i think about <laughs> i don't know i just I don't yeah that's anywho this book is fucking gorgeous it is yes caitlin yard is... fucking killed it the art is amazing the color is amazing i love the story this it. is uh incredible yeah i adore this book and if you've <laughs> listened to this whole thing and you haven't read it it's still worth it even if you've, even if all of this was spoiled, you are going to miss out if you don't experience it. Because <laughs> trust, we didn't me. do it justice. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> experience it the right way. Yeah, as the comic, not not our retelling. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you stopped at a certain point. <laughs> it just picked it up and read, read it, it <laughs> and, and then, then came back. 
<laughs> for the rest of it. Because you're, you're like, wait, there's Hera who's a tortoise and he shoots his wife. What? Okay, gotta stop. All right, I'm gonna go find Bliss. <laughs> I got it. Week later, now you're back with us now and you're back. hearing this. All right, all right. Thanks for Love coming it. back, everybody. <laughs> We're so glad you're here again. Yep. Again. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So it's good and just leads you, leaves me with a lot of existential questions. And I think you taught a little bit of reflection from what I'm hearing. As yeah, well. for sure. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just, it's forgiveness in a very harsh way. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's very in your face because oh. they only have eight issues to tell it and they do it poignantly and heartbreakingly. God. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. Okay. Thanks everybody for being here. This is uh, again, Aaron, your master of mediocrity and Todd. <laughs> it's Todd. The Todd. <laughs> like here for girls talk comics part of for everyone media so i guess i could say this was a femme presents production you could find girls talk comics on facebook twitter stitcher spotify google Podcasts, apple, apple podcasts and pretty much like any other podcast streaming place i guess uh if you can't find us someplace you should let us know we'll look into it um also at for everyone media.com i was getting to oh okay sorry well that can just be cut which if they could just be cut out, that'd be great. Thanks. No, you, you got it. It could stay in. It's fine. Oh, Whatever. Okay. Never mind. Uh, cut the cut out then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check us out on foreveryonemedia.com, um, where you can also find other Femme Presents projects of Here Everyone Reviews, um, The Comic Burrito Boys, our Comic Cocktail Hour. And our panel royales. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did I forget anything, Todd? Um. Oh, uh, at four, the number, every one, the number, media <laughs> on all socials. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be tough to say over audio. <laughs> yes. Thanks. <laughs> all right. We... I, I think you got it. Yeah. I think it's I think it's all locked. We'll have an updated link tree in our description. Hopefully we'll see you next time. Or you'll hear me next time. Yep. And I'll see a message from you. Leave a review if you can. Preferably five star, but live your truth. Let us know what you really think. We're glad you're here. And uh I hope you don't become a serial killer. Or <sighs> if you are be a Dexter one. Yeah, or, you know, Redemption. Oh, that too. I was just like, if you want to kill other serial killers, if you have to do it. Oh, it's a burden one must carry. Um, anyway. <laughs> one must carry. One must carry. <laughs> it's like being a Highlander. Yeah. Ugh. So much power and responsibility. I mean, that's the uh, Punisher and Peacemaker. Anyway, whatever. We're directly. Yeah, oh, we're going down. No. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Love this. Like butter. Smooth like butter. Smooth like butter.
But boy, if you want to have some conflicting emotions about people who do horrible things. Yeah. Yeah.